Hey, how's everybody doing? Good? Good to see everyone this morning. I want to welcome you out to Community Heights Church, and I want to welcome those watching and listening online. I know there's probably a lot today considering the weather, and I just want to say, uh, give a special thanks to those who came out and shoveled, uh, just got the sidewalks ready so that we could, you know, come in here and, and worship together today. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we're in a series called Transformed. We've been in this series for a few weeks now. And we're talking about some really important areas in our life where we need to be transformed, no matter what we experience throughout the year. We've talked about our spiritual lives and how we can be transformed there. We've talked about our physical lives and how to deal with stress. We've talked about mental health and how to be transformed mentally. And last week we talked about our emotions. And man, people are just full of emotions today. We, You and I are full of emotion. And so, you know, there's a way that we can be transformed to where we can control our emotions rather than them controlling us in ways that we can honor the Lord. Well, today I want to talk about financial. I want to talk about money. And, uh, you know, maybe you're here today and um, you, you know that you, you could be transformed financially or you need to be transformed. Um, such an important topic, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, speaking of money, that's uh, Super Bowl Sunday, right? Who's excited about today? Um, did you know that Americans will spend today? $14 billion just for the Super Bowl. And this is, you know, buying snacks and chips and Little Debbies and and whatever, you know. Um, you're going to have a Super Bowl party. You might not have a party, but you're going to spend lots of money, $14 billion. And I was talking with Chad earlier, and we were talking about, the, you know, the commercials and, and how much these things cost. And, and 30 seconds will will cost you. Five million dollars. Wow. I mean, just just a massive amount of money we are just using and spending lots and lots and lots of money. And so the government now is talking about this massive uh, coronavirus economic plan, you know, the stimulus, and it's in the trillions, trillions, just lots of money. Um, they're talking about raising the minimum wage to 15 an hour, <laughs> Right? I mean, pretty soon my kids are going to be making more than me. I mean, all right, if we keep heading in this direction. Um, Tom Brady's against against minimum wage. He doesn't want things to get too inflated. Um, I like Tom. <laughs> you know, he. <laughs> I'll be rooting for him. Uh, seven rings, I mean, you know, love him or hate him, right? I mean, seven rings is quite an accomplishment. So I'll be I'll be rooting for Tom tonight. So uh, money, though, here's why I want to talk about it, and here's why that, that you need to, to listen is, is money is the number one cause of stress. Money is the number one cause of worry. Money is the number one cause of marital problems. Money is the number one cause of divorce. Right, um, and just over this past year, you re you guys realize we've been in this pandemic thing almost a year. Over this past year, almost seventy percent of people were uh, say that they were, who were surveyed said that they were really, really worried about their money during the pandemic. Wow, something like that is affecting so many, many people. And how are you today with with money? Are you worried? Is that you? Um, if you're married, 
have you had an argument over the past month about finances? Challenging questions, isn't it? I know I have. I'll just be honest. Okay. Um, is your financial situation in dire straits today? I know there's a lot of hurting people out, out there. And, and how, do you, how do you see and use money? Hopefully this message will help you today. Now, um, the reason we need to talk about this and the reason it's so important is because Jesus talked about it. And he talked about it a lot. As a matter of fact, um, 25% or more, some people have it closer to 40%, but 25% of Jesus' parables, he talks about money. He talks about money. He talks about money more than heaven or hell, right? And that is shocking to me that, that it could be so important to him. So today we're going to look at a parable. We're going to look at one of these parables that Jesus taught and it's in Luke 16. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Now, I'm just going to warn you. This is a very strange parable, all right? Um, it might confuse you when you first read it. I would invite you to go home and read it again. This is a very, very uh, strange parable, but a very important lesson that Jesus teaches us about money. So we're going to read through this together, and we'll read all of it, and then we'll get together at the end and talk about a few things. So Luke chapter 16, verse 1. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master has taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, People will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much money, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. You see what he's doing there? Don't tell anybody about this. I'm, I'm knocking this off a little bit. And then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Don't tell anybody about this, but I'm, I'm going to do this for you. And, and here's where it gets weird, okay? The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees, this is who Jesus was, this is the point um, in, this, in this teaching. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this, so they were around. 
And they were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. Wow, what a, what a strange parable. Again, I would invite you to read this again sometime later. It almost seems like Jesus is committing this guy's dishonesty, but he, he, he's not. Um, what Jesus focused on and what he commended was the shrewdness of this guy. This is the parable known as the shrewd manager, right? Um, and what does shrewd mean? Kind of a weird word. It means smart. It means strategic. It, it means resourceful. And this last part of verse 15 here is what I want to focus in on. We'll spend the rest of our time talking about this. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. You know, the worldview of money is different than God's view. And uh, the world is, is going in a different direction, and the world wants you to think one thing about money, but God wants you to think something completely completely different. And so, look, that, that is where the transformation needs to take place. In our, in our minds, we need to think what, what God thinks. And, and this message is going to be about encouraging us to think, to see, and to use money the way God wants us to. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of the world. You can see you can apply this to so many different areas, including, including money. No, you don't, you don't think. Don't conform to the pattern of the world with, with money be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why is this important? Because Chad talked about this. What you think influences what you do, right? So people of God are to be different from the world in, in every way, including how you see and how you use money. So I want to talk about how we can transform the way that we see and use money. And I'm going to share four things with you. I'm going to go through these fast. First thing, and this is foundational, and every time that I will talk or teach about, about money or finances, which is seldom, um, I'm always going to mention this. It, first off, we need to think and we need to understand that everything I have, everything you have, belongs to God. Everything. Everything belongs to, to God. Um, your house, right? your car, your, your clothes, your, your food, your possessions, this, this church building here, these seats, everything that you have actually belongs to God. Look, look back at verse 1. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting. Notice, they're his possessions. All right, so the rich man here is the owner. And, and this other guy was simply just managing the owner's possessions you see what you, what you and I have is actually not ours it's just loaned to us to to really take care of you are a manager and most people don't think this way at all actually the world does not think this way this is where we need transformation you see we think that it's mine what I have it's mine it's mine it, it belongs to me I mean uh, I worked for it I worked hard I, I earned it, you know. I earned it honestly. It's 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 mine. It, you know, <clears throat> the reason that people have a problem with this 
is because people have a problem with loving money. Loving money. The love of money. And you might be listening or, or watching and thinking, man, that's not me. That's not me. Um, if, if you think this way, if you think money, your money belongs to you, then I hate to tell you, you do have a love for money. You, you do. It's um, Anybody a fan of Lord of the Rings? Right? Uh, I am a little bit. But anyway, there's this little creature in there called Gollum, right? And what does he think about this ring? It's like it's mine. It's, it's my precious, you see. And it's nobody else's. It's in, and all of his life is wrapped up into this thing. You see, if you, if you think this way, if you think what I have is mine, it will affect what you do. It will affect how you use money. And the Bible says that it's dangerous to have that type of longing and that type of relationship with money. It says it's the root of all kinds of evil. And when you think that way, when you think that it's mine and it's not God's, you are displaying a devotion, you see, a type of, it's not a, a love like a marital type of love, it's a devotion type of love to where you are connected to this in such a way that, that you just, it's yours. But that's not true. Um, Luke 16, Jesus talks about this specifically. He says, no, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you, you will be de- devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And notice there it says, you probably won't be able to serve both God and money. And he said, no, it, it can't be done. You can't serve both God and money. This is why Jesus stressed the importance of money, because he knows how easy it is to develop the type of devotion to it that could lead you from being devoted to, to him, he knows how easy it can grab a hold of people's hearts. You know, he he knows that you can love it over God. So, look, very critical and very po- important. The first step is understanding that what you and I have is not actually ours. We've just been entrusted with what we have by God, who is the owner. He's the rich man, and we are simply the managers. Next thing we need to understand is this: one day I will give an account to God. One day I will give an account to God. Notice verse 2. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. Notice there it says your management. You know, that's, that's personal. That's you on an individual level. You know, one day you as a manager will give an account for how you've managed what you've been entrusted with. Jesus talked about this in another parable in Matthew 25. He told it in a different way, the parable of the bags of gold. And so the, the owner went on a journey and entrusted his wealth to three guys, and he gave them different amounts. And when he returned, he said, hey, it's time to settle up. It's time to give an account, and two of them did what they were supposed to do. The third one, it didn't work out so well. He, he didn't... Uh, properly manage what he had been entrusted with you know one day we'll give an account to God for the things that we that we have we will when I was um, before this you know when I worked for a, a business for about 10 years I was a manager I mean that's what that's what my my role was and uh, million multi-million dollar business and <laughs> once a quarter you know the higher-ups would come to see me 
And I, I knew I would have to give an account for how I was managing their resources. So it was a very, very intimidating time. But here's the thing. I always knew it was theirs, right? I didn't like, this is, this is mine, you know. I always knew sort of going in what to expect. Um, and thankfully, you know, I, I had a whole lot of uh, commendations, right? Uh, rather than, hey, you need, to, you need to work on this, you need to improve on this. But it started with how I thought and what I knew, and I knew I needed to be faithful and take good care of what I had been entrusted with. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says this, Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. Must be. You know, you and I have been put in charge as a manager of what we have. And what we have belongs to God. He expects us to be faithful. You know, how can you be faithful as a manager? Well, you know, like this guy. It starts off in verse 1. He wasted it, right? Don't, don't waste money. I know we waste a lot of money. I waste, I waste a lot of money. Um, when Angela and I first got married, we wasted a lot of money. Um, you know, we were looking for furniture for uh, an apartment in, in Raleigh, which is where we live, Raleigh, North Carolina. And we went into this furniture place, you know, nice furniture place. We were just looking for a couch, you know, just a, just a couch. And all of a sudden we see this sectional that's the size of a boat, Genuine leather, right? Not pleather, but leather. And uh, it's, it's embarrassing for me to tell you this, but we thought it was so cool. And uh, it had a phone in it. Remember those couches? A wired phone, like back in the day, a wired phone. Um, heated seats. It even massaged you. you got like, like, Oh, man, it was great. And uh thought... Looked at the price tag, said, no way, no way. And the guy says, hey, you know, 12 months, same as cash. I'm like, sold. <laughs> Five years later, um, <laughs> you know, I'm still paying on that thing. As a matter of fact, we got rid of the couch, and I'm still paying for it. And I checked last week to make sure I still wasn't paying for it. But we do that, don't we? We do that. And the wives, you know, you do this to your husbands, you know, 50% off sale. And you try to justify it by saying 50% off is the same as buy one, get one free. We, we waste a lot of money. We can, we can be content with what we have. You know, what, what you have is, is, is enough, right? Be content. Uh, doing um, what you need to do with what you have. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians, Right? What you have is enough, and, and make it be enough. Next, you can get out of debt and just don't go into debt any further. If that's you and you're just, man, drowning in debt, get out of debt. Don't go into debt any further. Make that one of your goals. Have a budget. You know, so many people just need to write down on paper where their money's going and, and come out with a plan of, okay, this is what we're going to do this month, and it's that simple. Don't let the word budget um, overwhelm you. It's really just putting it down on paper because you need to keep up with it. You need to be a good, good manager. Save up. Um, so many people don't save money, don't have enough. If you were to, you know, your money supply, if you were to lose your job today, most people don't even have enough money to last a month. 
basketball study show. You know, it'd be wise to to save up for those rainy days and save up for retirement. But look, 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 look. don't save up too much, all right? Um, I'm like so many of you maybe where you're looking forward to retirement and, man, you want to have a comfy, you want to have a good retirement, right? Um, Don't save up too much. Why? Third thing, God God, God has another purpose for it. Money is a tool to be used for God's purposes. Money is a tool to be used for God's purposes. Look, money money is not bad. God doesn't want you to be broke, to starve, to just barely, barely get by, right? To suffer, right? Sometimes we go through things like that. But God doesn't ultimately want that for you just because just because you're a believer, just because you're a follower of him. Money is not bad. Money's neutral. It's not good or bad. It's how you use it, right? That's either good or bad. Luke 16, 9, look what it says. I tell you, use worldly wealth. <laughs> you see that there? <laughs> Pay attention to the word use. Use it. Use, this is Jesus talking. Use worldly wealth. You know, resources are given to you, but they are ultimately to be used for God. Now, money can be used for me or for thee, right? The old King James language. It can be used for me or for God, God gives us money to use it for his purposes. You know, Jesus didn't commend this guy's dishonesty at all, but he commended his shrewdness because he made a plan. He got busy. He put a plan together, and he acted. Well, how can you use God's money for? How can you use money for God's purposes? Well, one way is for good. You can use money for good to to help others that are, that are in need. You know, Groundhog Day was last week. Anybody remember that movie, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? <laughs> Just such a funny, I love that movie. I could watch it over and over again. Um, love Bill Murray. But you know, when he went through this, he he loved it at first, didn't he? When he realized what was going on, he, he kind of made it to his advantage. He loved it at first, but then what happened? He got tired of it, of going through the same thing over and over again. Maybe that's you with finances and money. Maybe today you hoped you wouldn't be where you're at, and you were thinking about this same thing five years ago. Just bam, same thing over and over again. With him, it wasn't until he started seeing others as more important until he came out of it, until he got out of it. Right, the story began to turn when he started thinking of people other than himself, and and that's how we need to be too. We need to use money for the good of others. But listen, the very best use of your money is to help people meet Jesus. Amen. I mean, look, there is nothing, nothing greater, nothing more important in this world right now than to use our resources to help people meet Jesus. We're we're talking about heaven here. Look at the rest of it. Use worldly wealth to gain friends so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What's that talking about there? (laughs) Buying buying friends for yourselves? No, it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about heaven. Use your money to help people get to heaven. When you use your money for this, you will gain eternal 
Friends, I want you just to imagine just a second after this life is over, because this life will be over, and there's much more time on the other side of this life than what we have here. Imagine being in heaven and seeing somebody and them thanking you. For what? Well, because of you, I was able to hear about Jesus. Man, what is, isn't that great? Wouldn't that be great if, if all these people came up and said, because of, you, because of your investment, because of what you did here, I was able to hear about Jesus in a different country. That's what he is, he is talking about, making investments here that will have an effect there. That's exactly what he said in Matthew 6, 19. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. You see, we are to use our money. That's what Jesus says. Use it. Use your worldly wealth. How? For heaven. For eternity. To support the, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus. You know, while there are many, many important things and good things that you can do with your money, that's that's absolutely the greatest thing that you can do. Um, so many people are going now, as I speak, as we are here, going into eternity away from God, separated from God. You know, the best use of what we've been given and what we've been entrusted with is to use our money to get people to heaven. That's that's why we're here, to build the kingdom of our of our Lord. And that's why Jesus said, "Hey, it's treasure. That's that's treasure. That's the that's the most valuable thing, the most important goal to have. Use money. Here here's here's another way you can use it. Use money to support Christian businesses. We have lots of of business people in our church. There's lots of business people in our community who are Christians. Hey. Let's be intentional about where we use our money. Let's spend it with Christians, with Christian businesses. Buy Christian books. Purchase Christian music, you know, off of iTunes. Um, watch Christian movies. Actually pay, you know, the, uh, we had a small group that went through The Chosen. I don't know if you all have saw that or not. I really like it. But it's a really, really neat thing. And you know how it's funded? It's funded by you funded by you they got this little thing called pay it forward all right so you can go there on their website right now and you can you can buy season one and what it does what they do with that is they pay it forward to make they're on season three right now so they they make the next season but what they also do is they distribute it free all over the world to people in need how good is that you pay it forward so people can see a video, a quality video presentation of Jesus Christ. Um, another way is you can use money to give to the church. And, and we know that. The Bible teaches us that we are, we are to give to the church. Man, I'm just telling you, it's such a great honor to be a part of a church that does that and does it well. Um, you know, almost $50,000 of our annual budget goes to missions. goes to missions. You know, if you're giving to this church, look, you are supporting the gospel, the spread of, of Jesus Christ. You are supporting the kingdom. Um, you know, the Bible tells us to, to, to bring our resources into the storehouse and to fill it up. And what does a storehouse do? It feeds people. 
It feeds people. What we are able to do here is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to so many people. We, we encourage one another. We build uh, each other up, and we invest in other people. We help other people. So use your money for God's purposes. One final truth, and then we're going to close. <clears throat> and this isn't prosperity teaching. Actually, I'm completely against that. But this is a biblical teaching because Jesus said it, okay? If I'm faithful with a little, God will bless me a lot. If, if I'm faithful with a little, God will bless me a lot. Money, look, money is a tool, but it's also a test. And, and so many people need to realize that. We need to think this way, and, because this is the way that God is looking at you. Are you being a good manager? Are, are you someone that will use what you have for God's purposes. Is that you? Right, see? Can, can you be trusted if God gives you more? Can you be trusted with, with that? It's a test, you see. Look back at verse uh, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. That Look, this takes pressure off of me because I didn't say that. Jesus did. Jesus did. He's teaching us this. If you can be trusted with a little, you can also be trusted with much. If you're faithful with God has given to you, he will, he will bless you a lot. And many times it's not just financially. Many times it is much, much more. It's much greater. He will trust you with more. He will use you more. But if you're not trustworthy with a little, you can't expect God to trust you more. So the important truth is, guys, look, if we are misusing money, we're missing out on a blessing. We're missing out on a blessing. And it's not just financial blessings. Why? Well, what does Jesus say here in verse 11? Notice if you've not been trustworthy. If you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, like money, who will trust you with true riches? What's he talking about there? Jesus is making a direct connection between material and spiritual. Okay? Worldly wealth and true riches. Jesus says how you handle money determines how much God will be involved in your life. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. But it's true. It's true. It's it's a test. You know, I think all of us would say, <laughs> "I could use a little money, more money right now." And I think all of us could, would would say that. But I also think all of us would say, "Man, I'd like to have a little bit more God right now in my life." You see, true riches, what God can bring, spiritual riches. If you are faithful with worldly wealth, God will bless you with true riches. You see, as we close, how you see and use money is so important. And maybe today, maybe today you realized that you need a transformation in your life. What do you need to do today? You know, maybe it's just start seeing what you have as God's. Maybe you need to clean up a little bit. Manage it a little bit better. 
pay off some debt. Maybe you need to do some good things with, with what you have rather than just kind of hoarding everything. Maybe you need to give to the church. Maybe you haven't started doing that yet. Look, that's foundational. Um, you know, you start, you start being faithful with a little, God will bless you with a lot in many different ways. Look at Matthew 25, 29. This is my prayer for all of you. To those who use well what they have, what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. I pray that today that you would use well what you've been given. And I pray, I really do, I pray that God would bless you in ways that you can't imagine. I pray that you would, you would have that abundant life. Well, let's pray together. Father, today we just thank you so much for this practical message on money. You know, many times when we hear messages and teachings about money, um, Lord, we don't understand, or we disagree, or we think, well, you know, that's really not true. But your word is so, um, Father, accurate, it's so true, and so important to us. And your son Jesus taught about this so many different times. And so many people today are just in bondage over their finances. Father, you don't want us to live that way. You want us to be set free. You want us to use what you've given us for your purposes. And I pray that we would do that. I pray that what we do with our resources would help people meet and have a relationship with with Jesus Christ. I pray that what we would do with our with our money would be used to build the kingdom of Jesus. And that we would not store treasure here, but that we would lay up eternal treasure in heaven. Father, I pray today that we would use well our resources and that you would bless us with abundance. A life that only you can give and a life that you give to those who are faithful managers for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.